want to go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. You may be seated. So today, I want to talk about a life of great exploits. A life of great exploits. This is more like a charge to our church body and to us as individuals, what God is expecting from all of us this year, for us to step up to that higher level that he has for us. Daniel chapter 11 verse 32b says, The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. That's where we got the theme of the year from. John chapter 14 verse 12 says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Does Jesus mean this? That's coming from the mouth of Jesus. He says, the works that I do, you will do them also. He said, even greater, greater things than this, you will do. Can we, all, can we understand what he's saying? Is it possible for us to do greater things than Jesus did? If he said we can, we can. If he says it's possible, it's possible. He says greater things than these you will do because I go to my Father. Isaiah 43 verse 19, he says, Behold, I will do a new thing. That has been our scripture the last month. Behold, I will do a new thing. A new thing. A new thing, not the old. God wants to do something new in our lives. He says, Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Every follower of Jesus, everyone who's been born again, we all have a desire, we all have dreams. God has put dreams in our hearts. God has purposed things for you to do. And if I, all of you right now, as I'm talking, the Holy Spirit is putting a light in an area of your life. And you're telling yourself, yeah, that is true. That is true. I've always had this desire to do this thing for the Lord. I've always had the desire, the dream of doing something. But along the way, you put that dream on the shelf. Along the way, you've been hurt. Along the way, things have happened, limitations, obstructions, hurts. And you have decided, you know what, it's not worth it. People are not, you know, they are just not good. Or God has just failed me. But this year, God is warning us to pick up that dream. Pick it up again. Pick it up again. Let God make you to begin to do great things for him. Because really at the end of it all, your life here, like I tell you all every time, life here is just a stop sign. It's just a stop sign where you stop, you look right, you look left, and then you go on. Your whole life is a stop sign. By the time you are born to the time you're, you're, you die, it's just that little dash that will be on your headstone. But what you do during that time, 
that counts for the kingdom of God is what will really matter. So this new year is a year for all of us, all of us, young or old, for us to hold fast to that which God has given you. God has given every one of us something to do for him. When he created you, he sent you. John was sent with a purpose. You were sent with a purpose. I was sent with a purpose. Don't let anything distract you because that, is, that purpose that God sent you for is what you are going to be rewarded when you go meet him face to face. Not what he has given me. Ministry is not here. Ministry is not here with microphone talking to a, cloud, a crowd. Anything you do to bring light to Jesus, to bring glory to Jesus, that is ministry. Everyone here is a preacher. He says, go ye into the world and what? Preach the gospel. He didn't say just pastor. He didn't say just the deacons. He didn't say just the board members. Everyone, he says, go ye into the world and preach the gospel. That's what we're going to do. As a church, we've decided we will do great things. We might not be a big, big church, but we're going to do things that the kingdom of God will take note. The kingdom of the evil one too will take note. We are not going to sit down and say, oh no, I'm not good enough. I don't have the background. I don't have the education. I don't have the money or finances. When you put your hand on the plow and you don't look back, believe me, God will bring the wind, bring the finances, bring the strength you need to keep you going. Amen? Amen. So what have you decided to do for the Lord this year? That's something you need to think about. Next Sunday, we are going to come here with what we've written. We're going to have two boxes here. Every year we've only had one box. And it's you telling the Lord, Lord, I want you to do this for me. I want to do this, you to do this for me this year. I want you to do this for me this year. This year, yes, we're going to do that. If it's ten things you want him to do for you, fine. Write it down. But on the other hand, we're going to have a box here too. That says, Lord, these are the things I want to do for you. And then you're going to write it down too. This year, Lord, I'm going to spend more time with you. Oh, God. Lord, I'm going to spend more time in your presence. I'm going to read more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to give more. I'm going to speak to people about Jesus. By the end of this year, Lord, I want to have at least spoken about you or led at least one person. Do you think if you did one since you were born again, one person to the Lord, this church will be full today. If everybody led one, just one person, just one, one in the whole year, one. If you just, God, I will lead one person. At the gas station, as I'm doing my, filling my tank, Lord, I'm going to be looking around to say who I can say, you know, Jesus loves you. That's all. Or at the grocery store, you are picking something, somebody is there. Hey, man, do you know Jesus loves you? That can start a conversation. You don't have to start preaching John 3.16. We make these things so hard. Just smile back at you and say, yeah. Oh, you are a Christian. Yeah, God has been so good to me. If I start to tell you what he's done for me, I wouldn't be here if not for him. Oh, really? You must really love God. Mm, yes, I do. Let me tell you what he's done for me. The conversation has started. We don't make, don't make it too hard. If they don't want to say, listen to you, say, God bless you, man, but don't forget, Jesus loves you. You make it where they, they cannot help but laugh and smile at you. Let's not make these things hard. Let us be witnesses. Let's start doing things, great things. What he's called you to do, I can do it. What he's called me to do, you can do it. 
Everybody has to do their part. Listen to this. Revelation 20 verse 12. It says, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the book. We don't have works. We are not saved by works. We are saved by grace. But believe me, after you get saved, it's your works that will follow you to heaven. You are judged by the works you do. Because God has already assigned works to you. You are going to be judged by that. Please know that. You're not too young. You're not too old to do stuff for the Lord. Amen? Now, in doing great things for the Lord, you are going to see and meet hindrances. Expect, expect hindrances. Expect things to come against you, especially when you make up your mind. That's why most people, by the end of January, the New Year resolutions, or whatever they call it, are gone. But you expect right now, expect hindrances. Expect things to try and limit you, to try and oppose you in the decisions you've made for the Lord. First Corinthians 16 verse 9, it says, For a great and effective door has opened for me. But what? There were many adversaries. Anytime God opens a door for you, a door of ministry, every time God wants you to move forward, believe me, there's going to be the enemy there to hinder you. So expect it. Expect the hindrances to come. Expect that you are going to have fear sometimes. You're going to have doubt. You're going to say, why am I doing this? But you can't do it. And I will tell you how you do it. You do it by using the, what I call the exchange principle. The exchange principle. What is the exchange principle? Let me read the scripture first before I tell you what it is. Second Corinthians chapter 12 verse 10. He says, therefore I take pleasure. This is Paul talking. I take pleasure in infirmities. I take pleasure in reproaches. I take pleasure in needs. I take pleasure in persecutions. I take pleasure in distresses. Why would you take pleasure when you're distressed, when you're hungry, when you're in pain, when you're being reproached, when people offend you, when people hurt you? What do you, how do you do that? He says it here. He says, for when I am strong, I'm weak, sorry, for when I am weak, then I am strong. That's the exchange principle. We must all learn to go to Jesus when things come against us and exchange what we have for what he has. Go to him and say, Jesus, I'm in pain. I'm hurting. I feel weak. I don't feel I can do this anymore. But Lord, I exchange that for your strength. I exchange that for your encouragement. I encourage myself because your word says, if I encourage myself, I will be strong. Lord, she hurt me. Lord, she slandered me. She said nasty things against me, but you said I must not retaliate. Lord, I give you my pain. Lord, I give you my hurt. Give me peace and give me joy. You must always, as believers, learn to go to God and make an exchange. That is a law that we must have. Even the Bible says when you sow a seed, you have an exchange to make a harvest. So exchange whatever comes to hinder you. Acknowledge it. Sometimes embrace it. But don't keep to it. Exchange it for what God has for you. Amen? When you use this principle, nothing will put you down. You might be down 
But joy comes in the morning. You might be in pain for a little bit, but once you get into that habit of exchanging with whatever you have to get what God has for you, this, the enemy can never put you down for too long. And you can keep going, even when you feel you can't go anymore. So what are the specific things God is telling us as instructions for 2023 for our church? For everyone watching on TV, watching us today through live stream, and for all of us sitting here. What is the instruction for God to, uh, from God for us? As I pondered and I prepared this message, I felt really strongly that God gave us seven things, which I'm going to go over quickly. And at the end of the service, we are going to come to the front and we are going to make dedication, consecrate ourselves, and we are going to pray together to put a crown on our year. Amen? Number one, just enough is not good enough. In 2023, you, it's not going to be just enough, barely making it. It's not going to be good enough. God says you're just enough. It's not good enough. He's calling all of us to step up a little higher. He's in the business of elevating us. He says the light of our light, he says, should shine brighter and brighter unto that day. He, he takes us from glory to glory. How you were in 2022, 2023 has to be better. God never wants us to stay at the same level. Spiritually, emotionally, in every area, financially, you cannot stay at the same level or even start regressing. We are supposed to grow. So he's telling us this year, just enough is not good enough. Think about Simon and Andrew. They were fishermen. They were doing pretty good, making an income. But God said, no, that's not enough. Look at what he told them in Matthew chapter 4, verses 19 and 20. Then he said to them, Simon and, uh, to Simon and Andrew, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The Bible says in verse 20, they immediately left their nets and followed him. What, if, what would have happened to what we have today, Christianity, the gospel, if Simon and Andrew, his brother, said, no, you know what? I've been a fisherman. I'm good enough what I'm doing. I'm not going to follow. I'm just okay. Think of what would have happened to us, maybe. But they said, you know what? This is good, but it's better if I follow you. The same was for David. Psalm 78, verse 70 and 71. He says, he, meaning God, also chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfold. From following the eels and the young, he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people. Amos chapter 7, verse 14 to 15. Then Amos answered and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, nor was I a son of a prophet, but I was a sheep breeder and a tender of sycamore fruit. Then the Lord took me as I followed the flock. And the Lord said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. Are we willing to take that step like these people I've just mentioned? To break away from just the normal, the ordinary that we've been doing year in and year out. Next week here, Pastor uh, Mike, we, we come up and all the different ministries we have here. If it's something we don't have here, you want to start doing. I got a call from one of our young ladies in church. She wants to do something for women. And she's going to put something together and see what we can do. God might put something in your heart. I was reading about a lady. She just noticed that some communities, they have a lot of single women. She went to the pastor and said, I don't know what we could do, how we can get the children 
to be in church, in, in children's church. So these women, whether they don't come to church, whether they come to church, it doesn't matter. But we give them two, three hours during that Sunday morning for their children to be taught the things of God. And that thing grew that church. Everybody in the community knew that that church, we can take our children there from 10 to 12 on Sunday morning and we know they'll be taught the word of God. Who knows? We have, we adopted a school. Those kids, from what we are hearing, 70-80% of them are from troubled homes. What can God put in our heart to do for those children? I mean, there's just, it's just endless. That's what I want all of us to start thinking. What can I do? What can I do for the Lord? How can I make his name known? How can I shine the light on Jesus to draw men to him? Amen? Number two. Determining your destiny is beyond you. Our mind cannot determine what God has for us. You can't figure it out. It's good to plan. It's good to plan. I'm not saying don't plan. I'm not saying don't, don't you know, know your strengths. You need to know your weaknesses. You need to know what God has created in you, what, you, what bonds in you. But sometimes God will tell you, this is not the direction I want you to take. He will tell you, this is no longer what I want you to do, or you've done that enough, that's, that's okay, now is the time to do something new. Maybe it's a new venture into a ministry, maybe it's a new business, maybe something you have tried before that failed. Look at Moses. Moses initially was, I mean, on to do something for God, but he killed somebody, and he had to run away. And he was fine. Watching the flocks of his father-in-law. When God came, he had all kinds of excuses. I can't talk. I can't do this. But God changed his mind. And he knew that even with his own mind, he couldn't do what he was going to do. But when God empowered him, look at what Moses did. Look at Joseph. Look at Isaiah. Isaiah, he he was a prophet already. And then God came and said, okay, I want you, I want to put fire in your mouth. He He said, oh, where is me? But he obeyed. And when he did that, look at him. He's the one that foretold the coming of Jesus, almost everything. The prophecy of Jesus' coming was by, was by Isaiah. Look at Joseph. He had a dream. Oh, he was going to be something. And then everything just took a detour to the point that he was lying in prison. But was God faithful to him? He didn't know what God was doing. But at the end of the day, God's glory, God's destiny for him. He became the prime minister, was able to save his family, his nation. So don't ever think with your mind, oh, this is the level I can go. No. Be willing to step out, be willing to do exploits for him. Amen? We cannot, with our own small minds, figure out what God has for us. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Proverbs 28, 26. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. Isn't that just, that's just it? If you trust what you know, if you trust your own ability and intelligence, and if you're just a fool. That's who you are. That's what the Bible says. We cannot afford to say, okay, I know this is what I want to do. I know this is what God wants. That's it. God can come in any time and change anything he wants to change. Amen? And be willing to move along. So this year, make your plans. Write what you want to do for the Lord. 
Write what he, you want him to do for you. But be open to know that God might come in and change some things. And it's okay because he's God. Amen? Amen. Number three, this is important. Invest and maintain your relationships. Invest in and maintain your relationships. The enemy has cheated the church so much because of offense. You have people that have been friends, prayer partners for years, and then something happened that can easily be resolved. Either they leave the church or they decide God does, is not worthy to be served anymore. And all that relationship, all that has been poured in for years, just goes, the enemy just, you let it go and the enemy just stamps over it. Let me tell you something. A seed, a seed needs soil and moisture to grow. If I take a seed now, just throw it on this floor, a hundred years from now you come, that seed will still be there by itself. But if I take that seed and put it in relationship with the soil and with moisture, that seed will grow. And that one corn, that one kernel of corn, will become heads, ears of corn. The same way with us. No man is an island. If anybody offends you in church, at work, anywhere, nobody intends, comes to wake up in the morning and say, okay, I'm going to offend Shelly this morning. When I see her, I'm just going to make her miserable. No. -uh. Things happen. Things happen. And they may not even mean it or intend it. And then you are offended. They don't even know what they did to offend you. If somebody offends you, sister, brother, look at what happened, what you did. I didn't like it. Did you, did you do this on purpose? And they can tell you, oh, no, I didn't even notice that. We are letting offense, the, that's the bait of Satan. That's how he's really destroying destinies. He is destroying, destroying destinies because of offense. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. He says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up the other. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Think of David and Jonathan, the friendships they had. If not for Jonathan, Saul would have killed David. And David would not have achieved all he had. All the Psalms we were reading, he would not have been able to write them. But Jonathan was the one that told him, Run, my father wants to kill you. Strengthen him. Paul and Timothy. If you read the Bible, you see, I have a scripture here. <coughs> Excuse me. Where Timothy, Paul said, Timothy was the one helping him and what he wanted Timothy to do and why he was close to Timothy. He says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 or 22, he says, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. Listen to what the qualities of Timothy were that made him to have that relationship with Timothy. And that's what you too should look for in all your relationships. He says, For I have no one that is like-minded, who will sincerely care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. Thank you. But you know his proven character, 
that he is a son with a, that a son with his father he served with me in the gospel. So what kind of godly relationship should we have? What kind of relationship should you make sure you maintain and invest in? Number one, somebody who is like-minded with you. Who, this is the way they live their life just like you're living their life. Who will become an iron that sharpens your own iron. And you in turn sharpens their iron. He says they have to be like-minded and they have to be people who don't seek their own. Don't seek their own interest in the relationship. And they should have a proven character. And they should be sincere. And then they should serve with you in the gospel. If you have a friend like that, no matter what they do, please don't let them go. Resolve any issues you have and make sure you continue with them to serve the Lord together. I was talking about David and Jonathan in 1 Samuel 23, 15-16. So David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness in Zip, in a forest. Verse 16 is my emphasis. Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in the Lord. That's what friendships do. They strengthen you in the Lord. Amen? Number four, take action. (laughs) Take action. I know for myself, this is an area where I personally tend to struggle because I, I know how to plan. I would plan and plan and plan and plan and plan again and revise my plan, reevaluate my plan, go back and start a new one, but just never take action. Aren't we all like that? Oh, in 2021, I said I would do this, I would do that. And in 2022, I looked at the list, I didn't do one of them. And then I wrote this and that and that and still didn't do it. Need to lose some few pounds, never went away. I need to exercise more. I need to stop <laughs> buy less of Uber. Stop all this Uber eats. I can, if, you tell, if I tell you how much money I spent on Uber eats. As I was preparing this, God made me to sit down, go to my account, and actually one by one how much I spent on Amazon, how much I spent on Uber eats, enough to buy a car. So my own action this year is no more Uber Eats, at least not every, (laughs) significantly lower than I was doing before. Amazon, I'm not going to just buy anything just to buy. So we must take action. To be successful in doing great things for God, not only do we have the faith, we have to take action with it. The Bible says faith without works is what? Faith without works is what? The woman with the issue of blood, she heard about Jesus. She heard about all the miracles. She knew what could happen if she went and did it the Jesus way. She was miserable. She was poor. She had spent all she had with doctors. She had, there was no more hope. She was just like, this is the end. But then she heard, there's this man called Jesus that can do a miracle for me, that can change me, that can heal me. She could have stayed at home. But she took action in her weakness, in her pain. If you are bleeding in those days, you cannot be out. You cannot go out in public until you are clean. She went, and she's not supposed to touch anybody. She went in that crowd, massive crowd, anemic, weak, not caring what the, 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 the Pharisees and the religious leaders would say. She struggled and struggled and went through that crowd 
to touch him to get what she wanted. She took action. She took action. So whatever plan you have, what God is telling you to do, take action. Do something. Stretch yourself. Come out of your comfort zone. Do it, but even if you're afraid. I heard Josmaya say that everything she ever did in ministry, she did it afraid. She said, do it afraid. Do it afraid. And that's my motto. I may be shaking in my boots, I may be afraid, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to step up. And as you step up, the strength of God comes and meets you, and you find that you can do it after all. It's not as hard as you thought it was. Do it afraid. Amen? Number five. Invest in your health and well-being. You know what? You know Luke was a doctor. And Luke followed Jesus everywhere he went. He even wrote a gospel. Gospel according to Luke. He was a doctor. Seeing a doctor and doing your yearly tests and your diagnostic checks is not against the will of God. I don't know where Christians got the fact that if you go to a doctor, you don't have faith. In fact, it's foolishness if you're sick. Or you don't know every year you're supposed to do this and do that and do that to keep your health. And you don't. The Bible says you are the temple of God. And he expects you to maintain your temple. He expects you to maintain your temple. Listen to what Jesus said. When I saw this, I saw this scripture, I was like, wow. In Mark 2 verse 17. When Jesus heard him, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick. What does it mean? He, Jesus is saying here, if you are doing well, fine. But if you are sick, you need a physician. He didn't say there, if you go to a physician, you have no faith. You pray, God can heal you divinely, but God can use physicians and nurses and, and and pharmacists and all of that to heal you too. It's a gift. Every Bible says every gift, every single gift is from God. The gift of doctors, the gift of medicine is from God. So please, all the women here, if you have age to do your mammogram, every year do your mammogram. Every year do your pap smears. If you are men here, if it's your time for you to do your, your exams, you know the ones you do, go do them. You can be as spiritual, know the scriptures from A to Z. Be spiritual, but if you don't have the health, you cannot do it. You cannot do it. So don't let the enemy keep cheating us and taking from us. Let's take care of ourselves. Rest, rest, rest. Take time to rest. Take time to avoid too much stress. If there's too much drama around you, you can go away from there. It's a choice each one of us has to make. Don't allow anything to stress you out. Don't allow it. Don't allow it. The consequences of stress builds up over time. You'll be fine. You think it's okay. And you keep stressing your life, stressing your life, stressing your life. One day it's going to catch up with you. We are still in this body. We are spirits. We have a soul and we live in this body. We are still in this body until we leave this body. We still have a responsibility to take care of this body. 
Find time to exercise. Find time to do things for yourself. Take periods of rest. I've told all the pastors here in this church, one of them was telling me since he's been with us for 20, 20 years, look at him back there. He's never taken a vacation. I'm like, excuse me? So in February, you're going on a vacation. <laughs> we have to, we have to, we have to. Let me read a scripture for you. Oh, I already read that. It says those who are well have no need of a physician. So please, this year, take time to rest. Take time to avoid stress. Just, just do it. Number six, give yourself to prayer and the word. These last two, are actually, it should be one and two. I moved them to the end so we can use that to go into a time of prayer. Give yourself to prayer and the word. Prayer is a potent weapon. The scriptures, knowing the Bible and praying the scriptures. In fact, if you are a believer and you don't do that, you are not actually a believer. Because if you depend on Jesus for everything, even the breath that you take, there's no way you won't spend time talking to him. There's no way you won't spend time reading his words to be encouraged and to take direction. The Bible says in Acts 6.4, it says we will give ourselves continually, continually, not just once a week. Oh, when you're coming to church, that's only when you hear the scriptures or pray. It says continually. Give yourself to the, to the word and to prayer. It says we give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. In Psalm 145 verse 18, it says the Lord is near to all who call upon him. To all who call upon him in truth. In, in prayer you talk to him. In prayer you let him know what your dreams and, and everything you want to do. In prayer you get instructions from him. We have to pray. Take the time up to pray because that's what will open the windows of heaven over your life. I mean, we are completely stressed and a lot of things to do, but if this is important to you as it should, as a child of God, schedule a time for your meeting, daily meeting with the Lord, daily conference with the Lord. Schedule it every day and make sure you don't miss it. And once you start doing it, you find out that you love it. It might start with 30 minutes before you know you are doing two hours with him. But you have to do that. Colossians 2, verses 2 to 4. He says, continue earnestly in prayer. Be vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us. That God would open to us a door for the word. To speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So what is this saying is as you pray for yourself, pray for your leaders too. Pray for the pastors. I need, I won't, I need your prayer. Make sure you are leading, lead, uh, lifting up the leaders and their children and their families to the Lord as you pray for your own. Because when we are doing all the damage we are doing to the world, to the enemy, you think he's going to be relaxed? No. He's going to fight back. And so we all need to be praying as we pray for ourselves. Pray for those who are like in the forefront of ministry. Those that are doing the exploits, trying to make an impact in the kingdom of God and to destroy the works of the devil. Amen? The last one before we pray is spend time in God's presence. Spend time in God's presence. 
Spending time with the Lord in His presence is so, so, so sweet. And I'm going to tell you exactly, because sometimes when we say spend time, do this, people say, what does that mean? I'm going to give you exactly what to do when you want to spend time with God. Aaron, I don't know if you have read that, it's in Numbers chapter 17. Aaron's rod was dry. Dry, dry, dry. And they took that rod and they put it in the tabernacle, in the holiest of holies. Overnight, they came back. That rod that was dry has budded. Budded and from there, it produced and had almonds in it. So no matter how dry you are spiritually, no matter how you feel you can't reach God, if you stay in His presence long enough, things will begin to happen in your life, I promise you. You will begin to see things happen. You begin to see your, your eyes in the Spirit begin to open. You are able to hear the Lord. All the obstru- obstructions, all the obstacles, all the limitations will be taken away because you are with Him. If you abide in His presence under the shadow of the Almighty, He becomes your refuge. He becomes your fortress. Amen? Amen. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. You want joy? His presence is where you go. You want direction? The presence of God is where you want to be. You want pleasures? You want things, great things to happen in your life? In your right, on his right hand is where you find those things. When you are with him, abiding with him, staying with him. So what do we mean by staying in God's presence? It means that on a regular basis, if it's a day you want to set aside, or if it's a few hours in a day you want to set aside, you turn your TV off, you turn your phone off, and you put some praise and worship music in, and as you're doing that, you're thanking him. This is a time for you to, be, to thank him exuberantly. Thank, if you have to write the things he's done for you, write it down. Just go there on your face before him and thank him. Thank him for all that he's done for you. Lavish your praise and your worship on him. And after you've done that, have scriptures that you've written down that you want to make your confessions over yourself and your family. If it's five or six scriptures, no matter how many, you know how long you want to spend in his presence. Take those scriptures and confess them over, over yourself. All those scriptures, put your name on them. Put your children's name. Put your family member's name. And proclaim them. And, and just over yourself, give those scriptures a meaning in your own life. And after you've done that, you need to evaluate yourself too. Your spiritual life. And say, okay, Lord, this is me. This is what this last week or two days ago, this is what I told you I was going to do. Have I done it? The Holy Spirit will ask you, okay, have you done what you told me you're going to do? Then you can say, oh Lord, no, I didn't do it. Okay, work on that. Okay, Lord, I did it. Okay, I need you now to do this or do it better or take it to the next level. You evaluate your spiritual life, your finances. It was one of my times with the Lord that he said, okay, Lord, uh, my child, he says, um, look at how much you're spending on Uber Eats and look at how much you're spending on Amazon. I sat down in his presence, went through my bank account. Every time Uber Eats, I, I took them all down and calculated them. And I was doing that, he was saying, okay, you see what I'm telling you? You see, you know, it was like having a conversation with my father. He is my father. I looked and I said, Lord, this could have done so much for your kingdom. He said, yes, that's why I brought it to your mind. It's time for you to cut back. It's time for you to, to start cooking again. 
healthy. So in, your, in the presence of God, you can evaluate yourself. And he can give you instructions. Okay, this is what you said you want to do. I don't want you to do that just yet. Hold that back. It's not yet the time. Or, okay now, yeah, do it, but this is the steps to take. That's how you, when you are in his presence, it's so sweet. If you start doing it, it's so, so sweet. He gives you instructions. You evaluate yourself. And then when you come back the next time, you start from where you start. Okay, Lord, now, this whole week, Lord, I didn't spend money on Uber Eats. <laughs> you say, yes, child, thanks, yes, 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 you did good. You know, that's just what it means. You know, we make these things so spiritual and it's not. It's not. So if you take a whole day off, the TV is off, your phone is off, and you spend time with him, believe me, you wouldn't even want to leave. You would not want to leave his presence. And that's how we have a relationship with him. You have, use your imagination. If it's your prayer altar, move a little bit and have Jesus staying there with you. If it's on your bed, see him laying down there with you and you're just talking. If it's in your big chair that you sit to pray, sit down and make your space for him beside you. Make it real. That's how we are to have a relationship with God. He's not some abstract. He's not. He says, I'm closer to you than a brother. I'm close to you. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen? So the next thing we are going to do now is we are going to come together to pray. I would like all of you to stand on your feet. If you want to come to the altar, please do. We are going to do this as a body together. Musicians, please come back up here. We're going to be praying for five things. I, want to, I really would like, I think I would like all of you to come to the front, except you just don't want to. It's okay if you have like young children. Because this was instructions that God gave me and I want to be very obedient to him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you're married, please make sure you're with your wife or your husband. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We are coming to present ourselves. In the Bible, you will see where God will tell the leader, say, bring the people before me. And the people will come before the Lord and they will consecrate themselves. They will give themselves to the Lord and we say, okay, Lord, whatever you said, we will, we will do it. So that's what we are doing this morning as a church, as families. We are presenting ourselves to the Lord for 2023. Amen. The first scripture, the first prayer we are going to pray is that we are going to receive a crown. A crown from the Lord to put on our year. Psalm 65 verse 11 to 13. He says, you crown the year with your goodness. And your paths drip with abundance. They drop on the pastures of the wilderness. And the hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys are also covered with grain. They shout for joy. We shout for joy. And we also sing. Oh, Father, we thank you. Raise your hands as I'm praying. Also pray along with me. If you want to pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. If you want to pray with understanding, pray in your understanding. But we are going to pray and ask God to crown our year, God. Father, we declare that 2023 is a year of remarkable manifestation. In the name of Jesus, over this church, over every family, 
over every individual in the name of Jesus. You will crown our year with remarkable, remarkable manifestations of your goodness and your abundance, oh God. You will crown this year and make it a year of remarkable increase, spiritual increase, financial increase, increase in our mental transformation, increase in our hunger and our thirst for the word of God, for the things of God. Father God, it will be a year of provision and prosperity. It will be a year, a remarkable year of rejoicing. Hallelujah, God. It will be a remarkable year of the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit, oh God. Father, we declare that this church we will have great signs and wonders following us, oh God. That we will do exploits for you. That we will bring souls to the kingdom in the name of Jesus. That we will step higher. We will step higher into greater things for you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you put a crown. You put a crown on 2023. You put a crown on all of us. On our heads, we are carrying a crown. A crown of goodness. A crown of mercy. A crown of increase. Oh, a crown of prosperity. Our businesses will grow. Our finances will grow. Every area of our life will grow. There's a crown on you. See that crown be put on your head. Right now in the name of Jesus. He's putting a crown on you. Don't take your crown off. Don't take your crown off in 2023. Receive your crown in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 We are going to pray for lifting, lifting, lifting. Psalm 3 verse 3. He says, but your Lord are a shield for me. You are my glory and the lifter of my head. Ha. God, we thank you. Nothing will keep our head down in 2023. Hallelujah. Nothing will put our head down in 2023. In the name of Jesus. God, we declare that you will lift us up. Lift us up, oh God. We are lifted. We are lifted in 2023. God, you will be our glory. And that glory and the favor on our life in 2023 will be like a shield around us. Around all the families of the Ark Fellowship. Around every man, around every woman, around every boy, around every girl, your favor will surround us like a shield. No fear will make us bow our heads. No sorrow will make us bow our heads. No shame will make us bow our heads in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare there will be no worry, there will be no anxiety, no depression, no lack. Because us to put our heads down. You will continue to raise our heads to the glory of your name. We are lifted in 2023. We are lifted in 2023. We are above only and never beneath. We are the head and not the tail in 2023. To the glory of your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Prayer point number three. We are going to pray for speed. Speed, speed, acceleration. The Bible says when the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, Elijah gathered up his loins and he ran and he overtook the chariots of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. A man was able to run and overtake a chariot that was being drawn by horses. A man. That's the speed God wants to put on all of us for 2023. Speed. You will have speed in your businesses. You will have speed in your finances. 
You will have speed in your ministry. You will have speed in your health. Everything in your life will become speed. There will be acceleration and speed in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and receive it. Pray over yourself. Pray over your family that you will receive speed this year. Nothing will hold you back. There will be no limitation. There will be no obstruction. Nothing will hold you back. There will be speed in your life. We declare speed in your life. I declare speed. Where you have been held back, you are going to run in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, oh God, that you help us speedily. You bring speed into our life. Bring speed into our destiny. Bring speed into our business. Bring speed into our career. Bring speed into our children's life. Oh, God, bring speed into our ministry. Bring speed into our church, oh God. We rebuke the forces of delay. Anything that will delay us, Lord, we refuse it. We reject it in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Two more we will be going home. Number four, we are going to pray for God's protection. Job chapter 5, verses 19 to 24. It says, from six disasters, he will rescue you. Even in the seventh, he will keep you from evil. He will save you from death in times of famine. From the power of the sword in times of war. You will be saved from slander. You will be saved from slander. Nobody can slander your name. And have no fear when destruction comes. You will laugh at destruction and famine. Wild animals will not terrify you. You will be at peace with the stones of the field. And these wild animals will be at peace with you. You will know that your home is safe. Amen? You will know that your home and your children are safe. When you survey your possessions and what God is giving you, nothing will be missing. Ha. Hallelujah. Nothing will be missing in 2023. We declare that today in Jesus' name. Nothing will be missing. Pray over your life. Pray over your children. Open your mouth and make your declaration. Father God, we declare that nothing will be missing in the Ark Fellowship. Father God, no one will be missing. No one will be missing. No one will be missing. God, we call that you are protecting us. You are a shield. You are a exceeding joy, oh God. We thank you, my God, that no weapon fashioned against us will prosper. We thank God that we rebuke every tongue that rises up against us. We declare that we have dominion. We have dominion over the powers of the enemy. You put us in dominion and we claim the dominion right now. In the name of Jesus. Father, bless every man, every woman. I put the seal of the Holy Spirit over their lives. I build a hedge of protection over every man. I build a hedge of protection over every family, every woman, every child. I put a hedge of protection over our finances in the name of Jesus. I put a hedge over our spiritual life in the name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you that we are protected in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The last one, this is important. We accept, we are going to all accept our assignments. Accept the job God has given you for 2023. The Bible says in Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 3, it says the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. We have it. All of us here have the spirit of the Lord upon our lives. And why does he give us the spirit? He says because he has anointed you to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent us to heal the brokenhearted. 
He has sent us to proclaim liberty to the captives. He has sent us to open the prison to them who are bound. He has sent us to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and to talk about the vengeance of our God. He has called us to comfort all those who mourn. He has called us to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beautiful ashes, the joy of oil for money, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we all may be called the trees of righteousness, that we all may become the planting of the Lord, that he alone will be glorified. That's our assignment this year. Lord, I receive my assignment from your God. I receive your assignment from you. I receive your assignment. You have anointed me to preach the good news. Oh, I receive my assignment for every man, for every woman, every family in this church. We receive our assignment from you, O God. We will go and heal the brokenhearted. We will preach good tidings to the poor. We will proclaim liberty to the captives. We will open the eyes of those who are blind. Today we will go, Lord, and take that and run with it. We will declare to those who are bound that they are free. We will declare to those who are broken that they are healed. We will declare to those who are poor that they are rich in you. Lord, we accept your assignment today in the name of Jesus. We receive it. Lord, I receive it for myself. I receive it for myself. I receive it for this church for every individual. Oh, we receive it, Lord. We receive it, Lord. Thank you, my God. Thank you, my God. Father, as a church, we have brought ourselves before you. Father, even those that are not here, Father, we extend this to them also. Father, as we stand before you, we ask that you pour your oil on us. We ask that you pour your fire on us. Father, everywhere, everywhere we have been hurt in 2022, Lord, we put it behind us. Everywhere we have been attacked, we put it behind us. Everywhere we have failed you, we put it behind us. It is a new day. You say you are doing a new thing. Lord, do that new thing in us. Do that new thing in me, Lord. Take me to a higher level that I've never been before. I pray the same over every member of the Ark Fellowship. I pray the same over every family, Lord God, that is connected to this ministry. Lord, we said this year will be a year of giving you glory, of giving you praise. It will be a great and mighty year because we'll be doing great things for you. Great exploits for you. In Jesus' mighty name and the people of God said, Amen and Amen and Amen. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hallelujah, you are dismissed and I'll see you all on